associate's degree in biblical studies. While attending IBC, she was actively involved in music, the IBC choir, who would have thunk, the chorale and the praise, student council and outreach, and MSA, which is Minister Student Association. Leah has served in several ministerial capacities over the years. She has a love for music, but a heart for young people. Amen. Who has a heart for young people? We need a heart for young nowadays. Yes, Lord. Amen. She is currently serving at Highland Church under Pastor Ryan and Sister Summer Thomas, all the way from Indiana. So tonight, will you stand with me, please, in welcoming the lovely Sister Leah Matthews. everybody. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen and amen. You may be seated. Oh, man. Ah, What a privilege it is to be in the presence of God, to be with people of like faith. Amen. Oh, I never want to take his presence for granted. Ever, 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 never. And um, don't worry, I do see what time it is. (laughs) But see, I was, I was, I'm going to say I'm not going to take too long. Um, But if y'all know Bishop, Bishop Libby, I'm going to do my best. No, I'm playing, I'm playing, I'm not going to take long. But um, I first want to say thank you to the Wyatts for the invitation and coming. I count it truly a privilege. It is truly a privilege to to be asked to be behind this pulpit. Um, Because I know having people come, you know, and and that's a big thing. It's a huge thing. And, um, And that's why I say thank you so very much. And um, I just, even though um, I didn't hear her voice just yet, but while she and I were texting back and forth, I'm just saying to myself, I love her. I, I love her. I love her. And then we got a chance to just, you know, kind of talk over things of, about the conference. And um, I was just like, ooh, yes, Lord, so kindred. So then we text again, and that's when uh, I was giving her my plane information and had to give my birthday. And she said, oh, we share the same birthday. I said, I knew it. I knew that was a reason. I knew it. No, but I, I absolutely love and honor you and thank you again. And one of my newest kindreds that I had the privilege of meeting ago now sister white god bless you y'all it's nothing about like having someone just come alongside you and just just praise standing in the gap i mean my god just cover you in prayer it was like 
after you pour out and then whew, the pour out is like, take me now, God. I'm ready. I'm ready. No, but thank you. Thank you. And my wonderful bestie driving a good three hours to come on up this way. I appreciate it. Look at you. And Sister Zuri, that after I had left CLC, I had the privilege of meeting her on one of my trips and coming home and visiting. And she just said, um, can I get your number? Because I just, I just, if it's okay, if you don't mind, I just want to pass up this. Sure, sure. No, but what a wonderful spirit. And what a wonderful spirit I feel here tonight. The spirit of worship. How important worship is because it's simply that opportunity of creating that habitation for God to dwell. It's not that he's not already here because God is everywhere all at the same time. But it's when we lift up his name and we magnify him that then he makes his presence known. And that he manifests his glory and his power. And I'm so thankful for his glory that is here tonight. And I'm thankful for the grace of God, the mercy of God. And see, I don't know about you, but I know where I should be. Not just could be, but I know where I should be. But for the mercy of God thankful and I'm grateful and so sound just press play should be ready to go there we go thank you Jesus I was just a child when I felt the Savior leading, I was drawn to what I could not understand. For the cause of Christ, I had spent my days believing that what he'd have me be is who I am. As I've come to see the weaker side, of me I realized his grace is what I need when sin demanded justice for my soul mercy said no I'm not gonna let you go I'm not gonna let you slip away you don't have to be she said no sin will never take control life and death stood face to face darkness tried to steal my heart away but thank you Jesus mercy said no to save us and 
From the cross he built the bridge to set us free. Oh, the deep within our hearts, there is still a war that rages and makes the sacrifice so hard to see. But as midnight fell upon crucifixion trying to hold it together Uh, but the reality is is when you know who he is and what he's done for you and see that scripture 
where it talks about where much is given, much is required. See, I take that as something personal because, see, he forgave me of much. So what I feel that is required of me is much worship, much praise. It's required because he forgave much. I've got to give him all glory, all praise, all honor. It is due to him and nobody but him. Ah. Hold it together, Jesus. See, like you said, I feel my help. I feel my help right now. I'm going to pause right here for a second. See, because so many times we sit, we can sit and we can wait for something to happen. But it, when you just simply take a moment to think about every single thing that God has ever done for you, you don't need a cheerleader. You don't need to wait for God to do anything because he has done enough to last you eternity. Hallelujah. 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 But just the simple fact that God, you could take a a vessel, an earthen vessel, and put a heavenly treasure inside of it. Oh, that you could take your spirit, God, and fill, God, this dead spirit and revive me again and make me whole, Lord. That alone, God, is enough to open up my mouth and say, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, God. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. For saving my soul, thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to. have to just tell him thank you thank you thank you thank you lord thank you lord praise god praise god praise god i'm not gonna stop you if you're praising him keep on going hallelujah but if you do have your bibles if we can go to john chapter 12 verse 24 And then we're also going to read, it's going to be a bit of scriptures, praise God, but uh, the main ones that we're going to focus on, John chapter 12, verse 24, and then we'll just do Genesis 18, 12 through 14, okay? So John... 
chapter 12, verse 24 says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. And if we can go back to Genesis 18, verse 12 says, Therefore Sarah laughed within herself, saying, After I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh, saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Verse 14, is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. And the help of the Lord, in Jesus' name, we're going to talk about resurrected promises. One more time, if we can... Lift up our voices. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence that is here. We thank you for your glory that is in this place. Lord, we know that your word is anointed. God, we know that your power is within your word. But God, we pray that you will anoint our ears, anoint the mouthpiece. That, God, we not only hear your word, but that, God, we receive your word. That you will speak directly to us. And, God, the seeds that are planted, that, God, it will bring forth according to your will and your way. In the name of Jesus, we thank you in advance. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. That's all right. We can put our hands together and bless him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Hallelujah. I have to be honest with you, this message. um, I know God gave it to me a long time ago. And there was only one other time that God had released me to share this word. And uh, because this was something that was so personal that God gave for to me in a specific time in my life and have you ever had something where it's like you've had um, I don't even know how to describe it it's like you you just had this thing and it's just locked with you and you're holding on and holding on and and it's, it's like it's just yours and because this is just what God has done and said and Hallelujah. And then when he releases it, it's like, okay. So I'm going to be, I'm going to just tell you, I'm just, I just want to obey. Amen and amen. So tonight, women of faith want to talk about resurrected promises. So we're reading in scripture in John where God was, uh, referring to this wheat falling to the ground that when you see this ear or this kernel of wheat it was saying that if you just see it by itself and if it just stands by itself it's not going to do anything but just remain 
alone and die alone. But it's when that kernel is then placed into the ground and it then dies. Then what scripture is saying then is when it will bring forth fruit. Keep that thought in your mind because we're going to come back to it. But we were reading in Genesis and we're here talking about women of faith. And if you read in scripture, we know that Abraham is considered the father of faith, right? And we read about him in the archives of faith when you read through, uh, what is that, Hebrews chapter 11, and you go through and you see, and it's talking about how Abraham's faith was so great. But when you go back into Genesis and you see this this walk, this this transition that that God takes Abraham through, you begin in chapter 12. And this is where uh, Abram, because that's his name at the time, Abram receives a call from God. And God then promises him in verse 2, God promises to make him a great nation. And, and then in verse 7, God is promising him land and that it's going to be for him and his descendants. And, you know, here we find that God gives Abram this huge promise. How many of us have ever had God speak things to us, give us promises or, or, or um, you know, uh, drop something in your spirit and, and kind of says, you know, this is what I have for you to do or, or just, you know, your, your son or your daughter, they, they going to live for God. I'm going to fill them with the Holy Ghost or, you know, whatever it may be. But God gives you promises, right? And so here we find that this is what God does. He speaks to Abram and he is specific that he's going to make him a father um, of, of a great nation and going to lead him into a promised land for him and his descendants. And so when you continue on into chapter 13, it doesn't necessarily tell you how long it has been from chapter 12 to 13, but it's been some time. And so once again, God reaffirms his promise. Okay. And throughout this time, Abraham is faithful to God. He's faithful to God. He's faithful to his family. He's faithful to his home. He's faithful to the people of God. He's just faithful in doing what he knows to do. You know, and all this time, God is still saying, speaking to him, telling him, and affirming the promise. And so you keep on reading through, and then we get to chapter 15. Then we see where Abram's faith is, I don't know, I'm just like, hmm, what's going on? What's happening? It has definitely been at least 10 years, and there is still no heir. So what happens? The Bible says that Abram then takes on a steward, Eleazar of Damascus. And so God never told him, that there need to be a steward, but this is what happens. Now, I ain't going to talk about nobody else up in here. I'm going to just talk about myself, okay? 
So I'm going to put no spotlight on anybody else. I'm going to just put it on myself. You know, when God gives you a promise and he speaks things into your life and you're just faithful. You're faithful to God. You're faithful to the things of God. You're faithful to the house of God. You're faithful to, to, to family and all everything. You're just, you're just doing what you know to do. And you're trusting in the word of God and in the promises of God. And then it's like, all right, God. I told you I'm just talking about myself. All right, God. And then you just remain faithful, and you're doing what you know to do, and you're trusting in God. And then it's like, okay, all right. Okay. All right, Lord. Maybe you meant that the promise is supposed to happen this way. Again, I'm not talking about nobody else. I'm going to just talk about myself. Maybe this is how you meant for the promise to be. So let me just try and do it this way. God, can you bless it? But I'm trusting you, Jesus. You promised it. I know. So, Lord, bless it. So, Abram has Eleazar as his steward, and you keep on reading, keep going into chapter 16. Now you have Sarai, his good old wife. (sighs) Going to tell on myself again, nobody else. You know how it's like then you have everything figured out? Because now I'm not in a position. I know, I know this is how it needs to happen. This is how it needs to go because God said it. And you know what? God may not have specifically said these exact steps. Not that I ever prayed for him to say exactly what steps, you know. But, you know, he didn't say exactly how, the when, where, and all of that. But in my mind, I think if we do a B.C., we're going to get to Z. So, Abram, here's Hagar. And see, the Lord say he's going to make you a father of many nations. So maybe I'm not a part of that plan, but here's a plan. So here. Lord, bless it. Yeah, I ain't talking about nobody else. I'm going to just talk about myself. Okay? How many of us know that there is no peace outside of the will of God? I know it's hard. Clap on that one. But there is no peace. No peace of mind. No peace within your spirit outside of the will of God. And, you know, I was talking to somebody the other day. And uh, this individual was actually talking to another new convert in the church. 
And this convert, she was struggling with some things. And she's, she was starting to get discouraged. And she was saying, you know what? Because I'm having all these old desires come back, you know what? Maybe I need to just let it all go and just give up and just go back. You know? And this individual was telling me how what she has said to the new convert was, you know, I think sometimes we over-spiritualize things. And, you know, and it was just like when she said it, it just kind of hit me like, whoa, wait a second, wait a second. And I think it hit me because I've said those words myself. But what checked me, and, and I know it was God that checked me, is that do you see how even the mindset of the people of God that we can so minimize things, especially when it comes to God. It's not about being super spiritual. It's not about being so spiritual that you're no earthly good, but it's an understanding that God cares about the small things. He cares about detail. If he didn't care about detail, he wouldn't have never given Noah specific uh, 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 lengths and widths and colors and everything else, size and animals of what to put in the. If he didn't care about details, he would have never specified or gave the specifications of the Ark of the Covenant. If he did not care about specifics, he would not know who you and I are. But he cares about every single detail of each and every one of our lives. That's how deep his love goes. So it's not about taking things and make it, making it spiritual, but it's saying, God, I know that you care about everything that I do and that you know the way that I take. You know the thoughts that are in my mind before I even think them. God, you are already at the end when I'm standing here in the midst of all of these questions. And because you're already there, God, I come to you and I ask you, what are the next steps that you have for me to take is this an open door that you're wanting me to walk through God whatever door that you have for me to go through God you be the one to open them because if you open them no one can shut them but God whatever door you don't want me to go through then God you be the one to shut it because if you shut it no one else can open it the details God cares about the details, every single detail that's in our lives. He cares. He cares. He cares. But it's knowing and understanding who he is. Because in knowing that, it's not that you go to him in fear, but you go into him in his name. The confidence and the power and the authority that is in his name. That I don't have to worry and I don't have to fret. That when fretting and fear comes, that Lord, let your spirit of peace wash over me. I can't say, 
I can't say that they don't come back because we are human. We are living beings. That's why Paul said, I die daily. That's why I've got to get on my knees every single day and say, God, cast down these negative thoughts. God, cast down these negative words. God, envelope my mind. Envelop my mind, God, with your word. Envelop my heart, God, with your truth. Talking about the promises of God. Because if you're not careful, and I'm not going to give the enemy any credit, because many times it's not him. It's simply our stinking flesh that we did not allow to die. But it's us trying to take things into our own hands. Like Sister Sarah. Bless her heart. But you can't put it all on Sarah. They both knew. They both knew. But then you keep on going. By the time you get to 17, God speaks to Abraham again. And reaffirms his promise. This is even after Hagar. This is after Ishmael. This is not in the sense of giving you you and I a green card to do whatever we want. But this is reality. That God sees us and knows that we are human. He sees us in our humanity, which is why he gave us grace. It's why he gave humanity mercy, because he knows our frailty. No, it is not my green card to do whatever I want to do, but it is the access to be able to boldly come before his throne of grace and mercy and say, God, Lord, I know that you gave me promises, but God, I tried to do it on my own, and Lord, I done messed it up, but Father, here it is. Here I am, Lord. God, wash me one more time. Cleanse me one more time. God, reposition me one more time, Lord. My faith got a little weight shaky, but God, help me, Lord. Let my faith, God, go deeper into the rock, the rock which is you, the rock which is your word. God, give me that firm foundation. Uh, I'm thankful that we serve a faithful God who remains faithful even when we derail or even when we go off course, that he is still there, that he is the source of hope. He's the source of grace, that he's not finished yet. And he lets you know because you still have breath in your body, because you're still here, because you still have hands, you still have feet, you're still alive. There is still purpose. But let me tell you, sometimes or many times I've found That he allows the situation to become impossible. 
Can I even say that the promise that he gives seems to die out? Sometimes <laughs> it's not just dead. It can seem stinking in the grave. <laughs> oh, and this is where Sarah and Abraham find themselves. Oh, but God. <laughs> but God comes and begins to have fellowship and breaks bread with them. And once again, he reaffirms his promise. You know, there was something that Bishop said, and I'm actually going to paraphrase, but what he had said was, it's being careful that you don't just that you don't fall in love with the promise. But you have to be in love with the promise giver. It's recognizing that the purpose of the promise dying is so that it can bring forth fruit. And the fruit that comes forth is not for you and I to get any glory. It's so that when it comes forth, you within yourself know that it was through no goodness of my own. It was nothing that I could have done. It wasn't of my own knowledge. It wasn't even of my own hands, but it was because of the power, the glory, the authority, the dominion, and the will of God. And then others, when they see, that they don't see you and I, but so that they can see the glory of a Savior who is able to do what does she say tonight? Exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. See, we like to stop there, but it's according to what we allow God to do in our life. <laughs> the greatest promise that we can find throughout the Old Testament it became revealed in the New Testament. <laughs> See, when we were looking at Abraham and Sarah, God came and had fellowship with them and spoke to them. And I love, <laughs> See, I, I get Sarah because she's standing in the back, you know, just like, you know, earshot. You know how it is. They out there talking, you in the back. You just kind of like, you want to hear what's going on. And you're listening, and you hear God speak. And she back there like, <laughs> would ya? He just don't know. 
this is done and over with. <laughs> Things is cracked, scrambled, they done. How am I going to have a kid? And him? <laughs> Please. Sorry, that's just my imagination. I could just see her. But then what is God's response? Is there anything too hard for God? Is there anything? When it looks impossible, is there anything too hard for God? When it has gone, when the promise seems to just have dissipated, it's not even, (laughs) you can't even fathom anything happening. Is there anything too hard for God? (laughs) Think about him. The kind of God that we serve, he's the kind of God that he didn't need anything to be there to create something. All he had to do was speak, and it was so. All he had to do was say, let there be. And it was. Let there be light. There was light. Let there be water. Let there be land. All he had to do was speak. But because of the type of relationship that he wanted to have with you and me, he didn't just speak us into existence. He came down and used his hands and formed man. Is there anything too hard for God? (laughs) So that's what he did for Abraham and Sarah, that he once again just spoke. By the time I come back next year, oh, you're going to have a kid. And it was so. But the greatest, the greatest promise of the entire Old Testament was revealed in the New And that was the promise of the coming Messiah. That God was going to manifest himself in flesh and come to live amongst his creation. But see, once again, man couldn't comprehend how God was going to do it. They didn't thought that he was going to come in all of his glory and all of his power. But see, God does not work the way that you and I do. He came low. He came humble. He came (laughs) as a babe in a manger. And he became our sacrifice. But see, in order for the promise to be fulfilled, the promise had to go to a cross. The promise had to die. The promise had to go through beatings and whippings and spitting and even the same people that he touched and healed out of one mouth they say Hosanna and then at the next moment they say crucify him that same same God same promise had to come and had to die because without the death of the promise there could not be salvation 
without the death of the Messiah, there could not be a resurrection and an outpouring of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about resurrected promises tonight. I am thankful for the Spirit. I am thankful for the Holy Ghost. I am thankful for this relationship and this walk with him. I never want to take it for granted, but always cherish, always reverence who he is and what he is. And that in walking with him, I come to know him better. That I come to recognize that I serve a mighty God. That is not just words and not just songs that I sing, but it's an experience that I've had for myself. That this resurrected king has become my life, my hope, my joy, my peace, my everything. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's become my all in all. Because when it comes down to it, it's not simply about the promise itself but it's so that we can revert our sight and our eyes back to the promised giver because in the end the whole purpose is so that you and I can see him one day it's not about storing up riches here but what we do is so that the kingdom of God can be expanded here on earth until he comes back to call his church and to call his bride hallelujah because one day I'm telling you church I want to see him all the songs said oh I want to see him look upon his face there to sing forever of his saving grace on the streets of glory let me lift my voice cares all past home at last ever to rejoice see that's my goal church that's what I want to happen that in the last day that when he comes to take his bride I want to be a part of the number I want to be able to see him face to face I want to hear him say well done that good and faithful servant enter into your rest but until then until then we've got work to do he's given promises to you and I I don't know what the promise is maybe it is for the end for for an unsaved loved one Maybe it is for a co-worker. Maybe it is a call of God on your life. I don't know specifically. And maybe it's something that you fear that, you know what, I don't want it, God. I don't want it. Been there too. Bought the t-shirt and everything else. I don't want it, God. I don't want it. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Maybe the things that God has talked to you about and promised you may seem as if it's never going to happen. It's never going to come to pass. Can I tell you, it's okay. It's all right. Because in knowing the God that you and I serve, if he said it, he's going to do it. 
It may not be in your time or my time, but he's going to do it. But it's not for you and I to focus on the promise, but it's to focus on the promise giver. That God, I trust you. I trust your word. I trust your will. God, I'm, I'm holding on to faith. Not faith in the promise, but faith in the one who gave the promise. It has to die. It has to die. It has to. So that you and I can position ourselves to where we need to be. And that's to be found in Him. Focus on Him. Simply being a conduit for Him to do whatever He wants and needs to do. That Lord, whatever it is, God, I trust You. I trust in Your Word. But I trust and know that You are a God who is faithful. You are a God who will never leave me, nor will you forsake me. But God, you go before me. And Lord, you are behind me. You are my buckler and you are my shield. That Lord, you keep me. And in the midst of this process, you're shaping me and you're molding me and you're teaching me and you're training me for your glory. Not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. Let me decrease, God, so that you can increase. Help me, God, to decrease so that you can increase. Help me, God, so that I can be positioned where you have called me to be. So that your kingdom, your dominion, your authority can be wherever you've called it and designed it and destined it to be. If we can all stand. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I don't know anybody's story. I don't know anybody's background. I don't know your present. But I do know a God. No, it's not a God. I know the one true, only, living, breathing, moving, anointed, holy one whose name is Jesus. I know the God who's able to do anything. Can I tell you tonight? Whatever the promises are, whatever the things are that are boggling your mind, whatever the things are that are weighing heavy on your heart, whatever it is, relinquish it. Give it to Him. Trust Him. He knows the way that you and I take. We serve a God who's in the business of the impossible. We serve a God who is wanting to do the impossible. You don't believe me? 
he, God himself said, prove me. Prove me. Meaning, come on, I want you to just, 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 just let me, let me do it. Just let me do it. And let me show you who I am. What I'm capable of doing when you let me do what I need to do. Maybe you're here tonight and this Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost that I've been talking about, you're like, I, this is a little bit new to me. Believe me, I've been there too. But this is the promise that was foretold by the prophet Joel. That's what the Bible says. That the Spirit of God, it says, and this promise, that's Acts 2.39, for the promise is unto you, for the promise is unto you. The Spirit is for you. You don't know where I've been. I don't need to know where you've been, but God knows where you've been. The promise is unto you. But you don't know what I've done. I don't need to know what you've done. God already knows what you've done. But he said the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. This promise, this spirit is for you. If you have not received it yet, it is for you. Again, I don't know. I don't need to know. But what you and I can do is relinquish everything to God. So that not only in word is he king over your life, but in action and in deed, he becomes king over every situation, over every question, over every worry, over everything that causes your mind to twist upside down. That he becomes king. He becomes master. He becomes Lord over the emotions, over the insecurities, over everything in your and my life. God, we surrender. God, we surrender. Begin to talk to him. Lord, I surrender everything to you. God, I give everything, every promise, every blessing, everything, God, I turn it to you. God, I move myself out of the way. I move out of the way. God, I humble myself so that your will can be done. Not my plans, not my thoughts, not my worries or my concerns. But your will be done in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I surrender. I surrender to you, God. 
Hallelujah, Lord. My mind, my heart, my soul, my body, my emotions, God. I surrender everything to you, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, God, we surrender, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That's right. That's right. God, we come against any and every wall of resistance. God, we come against any and every wall of fear. We come against any and every wall of doubt. In the name of Jesus, God, let faith rise in this place. God, let your faith, God, rise in this place. You said in your word, whatsoever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. God, we take authority and we bind any and all negative, God, any opposing spirit. And God, we release your dominion. We release, God, your anointing. Because it is your anointing that is able to break chains, to break yokes, God. In the name of Jesus. 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 Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah.